the Gospels today sounds, sounds very demanding. To give us a little bit of context of this Gospel, this Gospel story that we heard immediately happened after Jesus sent the first batch of disciples to collaborate with him on their own in the proclamation of the gospel, in the proclamation of the kingdom of God. Before all of this, the disciples were just going with Jesus as they go from town to town. But as the gospel and people were, were trying to go to them, and, and there is this need to expand the proclamation of the kingdom, Jesus said, why don't we separate? You guys go this way, some of you will go that way, so that we could cover more miles, cover more people. And this instruction that we heard today is part of the instruction that Jesus gave to them as they were sent out to be on their own. Conditions of discipleship, commitments to the proclamation of the kingdom of God. And what is the first thing that Jesus emphasized to his apostles? Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. This is the first thing that he said. Probably to the ears of the first disciples and apostles, this were really shocking because the Jewish tradition and culture is really founded on the strength of the family. Everything revolved in the family. And for Jesus says that they should be secondary in your consideration, should be a total shock to the listeners. Because the very fabric of the Jewish society is founded in the family. But we also know that familial relationships can sometimes get in the way in our full commitment to the gospel, in our full commitment to the faith. I've shared to you a couple of times already, you know, of my experience in Medford when I was there in my first year of the priesthood, when I was involved in the RCIA, and there was this young lady who joined the RCAA from, from a non-denominational group and uh, was really interested in learning and being baptized into the Catholic faith eventually. But as soon as her parents learned about it, she was asked to actually leave the house. She was given an ultimatum. If you will not going to stop going to classes to become a Catholic, you don't have a place here in our household. And she was found, you know, we found her in the Adoration Chapel. And because somebody complained that there's a homeless person in the Adoration Chapel, and we, find, we probably need to extend help to that person, and lo and behold, it was her. It was that time when, I, when we learned that, that she was actually uh, asked to leave. But eventually, you know, she persisted in the faith. And even her family in the end were interested to also join the Catholic faith. But it was God who made 
It was God who made the impossible possible. One story that comes to mind too was when I was in the seminary, when I was in the seminary back home in the Philippines, I know one of our seminarians there, she, I mean, he was one of the two sons in the family. His parents were one of the benefactors in the diocese. You know, they contribute a lot in different causes and all of that. They were very uh, involved in the church. But as soon as the father learned that the son wanted to go to the seminary, he had a fit. He said, no. You know, I need someone to, 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 to help with the company eventually, and there's only two of you. Uh, I've already been giving to the church for so long. I'm not willing to give you, to give my son. You know, and he even talked to the diocesan authorities just to discourage him, just to discourage the seminarian. But the seminarian persisted. And after that, the family didn't want to have anything to do with him. I remember in one of those months where we only had like once a month home visit where we can go home and, and spend Friday, Saturday, and then go back to the seminary Sunday, he would normally just tell me, can I go with you? Because there was no home to receive him. And he persisted, actually, until he got ordained. And even during his ordination, his family was not there. It was only after two years after his ordination when his father got really sick and he was dying that, that his mother pleaded if he could see him or if, he's, if he could be allowed to see him. And he actually gave the anointing of the sick to his father, and that was the time of reconciliation. But it took years because he chose to follow the will of God. But as you see, even at this very difficult time, because it shows God's will, God will not gonna allow it for so long for them to persist in this in, in this situation. And now, everyone is really grateful that he stood firmly on his vocation. Family relationships sometimes can stand in the way. What stands in the way for you to truly commit to the gospel? If it's not family relationship, it could be a hobby. It could be work. It could be a vice. It could be an ideology. You know, I, I have this very good friend of mine. He's from a different parish in Southeast. And uh, we communicate uh, f quite more frequently, actually, during this pandemic. And uh, so I asked him, I said, Steve, have you signed up already to your parish since we are allowed to have 25 people, you know, for those who are in phase one? And they are still in phase one. 
And uh, he said, I refuse to sign up. I said, why? Because they're requiring all of us to wear masks. And I said, Steve, you know, whatever your politics is, just think about this. Why is it that the opportunity to receive the most precious gift of faith, our experience of the divine here in this world, is less important than your position that you should not be wearing masks? What is more important, your ideology or that opportunity, which is so central to our faith? I said, I respect whatever position you have, but you see, you are given already the opportunity right here to partake in the most important act of faith, but you refuse to because you don't agree with this. <laughs> and it's not even intrinsically evil or evil. You see, sometimes this, this ideologies, these philosophies are more important than faith. And this really hinders us to truly jump into the invitation of God to flourish in Him. No wonder, after this, Jesus reinforced it with another exhortation what did he say after all of this enumeration of whoever loves father or daughter or son more than me is not worthy of me? He said, whoever does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Cross. Family relationships can be cross, can be our crosses. We know that. It's not always the experience, but it can be. But also, part of the discipleship is being able to carry our own cross. Normally, when we speak of cross, we speak of something that we struggle with. Okay, if I'm having a hard time with my health right now, my health would be my cross. If my spouse continues to nag at me, my spouse can be my, can be my cross. If work becomes unbearable, then work can become a cross. You know, we refer to them as crosses. But actually, the cross that Jesus refers in the gospel here is not these things. In one level, it is. But actually, the cross that Jesus refers here is our collective cross as a humanity, our collective cross as limited beings. Because ultimately, the cross that we all carry, the burden that we all carry, carry is the feeling of being limited because we can't do it we can't do everything we grow old so we're not able to use to do the things that we normally used to do before one of the things that people that i you know my heart breaks is when people call me you know sobbing and says father my doctor said that you're gonna inform dnb that i can no longer drive and it's not just the driving, you know? That, that means that because of that, if the person lives alone, that person should probably, you know, would be thinking to move into a facility. There's consequences of that. 
And from feeling of having this control, from not having a control, is one of the greatest crosses of humanity. We all contend with this in one way or another. During this pandemic, I think the anxiety that we all feel is that we don't, we felt like we lost control. There's a lot of unknown. And Jesus says, carry that cross with you, but you're not going to carry it on your own because I will carry it with you, and you should not fear because if you prioritize me, if you prioritize God, then you know that you are not alone in this. If you prioritize the one who is unlimited, knowing that I am limited, then it gives me courage and determination because that unlimited being is right next to me. So I have greater confidence and, and also peace and serenity with what's going on around me. That, that is why, you know, these two things go hand in hand. Where does our commitment in, in the priority and the hierarchy of importance and commitment, what is at the top? You know, theoretically, I'm sure all of us want to have God right there. I mean, mentally, when some, if somebody asks me, who's your priority and what's your priority right now? It's like, of course, I'm a priest, right? God should be my priority. But in practice, in practice, does it always happen? If I'm given a choice between two things, do I always choose God? Theoretically, that, that is why it becomes a cross for us. It becomes a cross for us. That, that is why Christian discipleship is all about practice. You know, when you say that a Catholic is, is involved in the faith, we refer to that person as what? Practicing Catholic. Because we practice over and over again. Because we don't get it once. We do it over and over again. It's like, it's like being engaged in an Olympic competition in the end. You know, you don't just do it, you know, like a few times. You do it over and over again. There's discipline. Reflecting on the readings today, what are those things that impede my way to truly commit myself to the gospel? 